Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 110 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Joel Solomon. Joel Solomon is the author of The Clean Money Revolution, Reinventing Power, Purpose, and Capitalism. He's the chairman of Renewal Funds, a $98 million mission venture capital firm, and has invested in over 100 early growth stage companies in North America, delivering above market returns while catalyzing positive social and environmental change. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Joel's lifelong insights into mission, venture capital, and social innovation. We'll get his thoughts and perspective on impact investing, and we'll learn more about his ongoing projects, including his recently published book, The Clean Money Revolution. Joel, thank you very much for joining us. I am delighted to be with you. Great. So to kick things off, Joel, you've been a trailblazer in the mission, venture capital, and social innovation space. So can you please tell us a bit more about how you got started working in this space? Uh, Yes, I will. I have to credit my family roots, a combination of parents who who cared, cared about the world and cared about society, and they were very good models about that. And I'm in my 60s now, and I grew up in the 60s, and I was highly influenced by the questioning and challenges that were coming coming forward in that era we were learning a lot more about how the world worked and it became clear to me that there had to be a middle ground of the possibility that capitalism could be a powerful force for good and that what was important is that we dedicate ourselves to our values do what we truly believe in and think is right, but that we can also work in the marketplace and support great products, services, and people to uh, do well, and that uh, this was really important to do, and that led me to look at uh, the financial success that my family had and uh, the, the emerging financial success of society that was happening for those who were the most privileged, and that it was a responsibility for those of us that could have that access to do the best we could and really think about all of our choices, the influence that they have, and particularly around money and what money is doing Mm. to people and places on behalf of ourselves in our name uh, and to take responsibility for that. Fantastic. So it's been obviously a a very rewarding uh, journey for you. I mean, in 2008, you co-founded Renewal Funds, which has become Canada's largest mission venture capital firm. And as some of our listeners may recognize, it's also a certified B Corp. So can you please tell us a bit more about the specific work you're doing there, Joel, Uh, the type of companies you invest in, and the purpose of Renewal Funds? 
Yes. Well, renewal funds grew from first my personal investing in, in early stage companies. And then I went to work with an extraordinary woman named Carol Newell. She had inherited a large amount of money and wanted the majority of it deployed for things that she felt would be good for the world uh, long term. Hmm. And I was invited to strategize and implement that work. So that was a 14-year process where we invested in dozens and dozons of green companies to mm-hmm. just keep it keep simple the description uh, after that uh, su- that work which we felt was very successful in helping prove our point uh, with with uh, my partner my primary partner Paul Richardson who is the managing partner of renewal funds with Carol's support and numbers of others we decided to see if we could attract other people to invest with us. And so we set out about 10 years ago. So we launched a fund that we named Renewal 2, following the work uh, of Carol, honoring that work that had preceded it. And we invited outside parties to invest with us. We went across Canada and the U.S. primarily. Uh, We attracted 80 partners, several from Europe and Asia. They included individuals, families, charitable foundations, and boutique wealth managers. That mix meant a lot to us because we felt that our real goal with the fund, after proving that we could make money for our investors aligning with their values, was to help build this field. Mm. Even 10 years ago, the idea of impact investing uh, was still looked at with high skepticism. And there were not very many products available for people, particularly in private equity. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to uh, carry on our work and prove that it could be done and inspire others to do it. And uh, so from Renewal 2 became Renewal 3. Uh, first one was $35 million. The second was $63 million, And we're now underway raising Renewal 4 fund. Wow. What an inspiring journey, Joel. These are all parts and the experiences that you've gained over the years in managing these funds. And, and, and many of these insights were, were turned into your book called The Clean Money Revolution. And it has been called A Treasure Map to a Better World. So can you please tell our readers a little bit about what inspired you or the key points that led you into to writing this book, as well as how the book's laid out and the sort of questions that you tackle? Well, you can tell from what I've said already yeah. that I'm a, I'm a bit of a missionary. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like my job is is really for uh, the long-term future, the best that I can, I can do. Mm. And the book is an outgrowth of decades of experience in learning about these fields, learning about entrepreneurs, learning about how businesses can create better products and services, and then how to support them properly. Yeah. So with all of that experience, uh, which is part of what I do, (laughs) I also (laughs) consider myself a good and active citizen, uh, and I'm involved in the not-for-profit sector and pretty much whatever I can do that moves along positive issues. Mm. So as I turned 60, it seemed to me that I had had a lot of privileged experiences and opportunities and that I was at the time in life where it was important to share 
about those experiences, the way others had been able to help and influence me that way, whether it was directly or through reading their books. Mm. And it was very satisfying process to go through and really think back over the years and what was useful to me as a young entrepreneur and what might be useful to share from those experiences along with a partial mapping, kind of a personal mapping of the taxonomy of how this whole field emerged from an American and Canadian perspective. Mm. So I was involved in many networks and organizations that I considered seminal to to the uh, evolution that takes us to where we stand now. But also, I I feel that uh, there is a time of need for moral and ethical call to action, Mm. particularly for those of us that have affluence and have more than enough. So writing a book about how this is pragmatically possible first, that it's actually a great money-making opportunity to soothe the nerves of managers and and mm-hmm. responsible you know investors but that actually it's much bigger than that there's 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 a need for a spiritual evolution that runs alongside what the technology and industrial revolution has done and brought us to those of us alive today have more capacity to do unconscious or even conscious damage than any previous people on the planet, and that's because of the tools and technologies that we've we've moved to. So it becomes clear that though there is massive money in the world, we have problems that keep accelerating. And I would say most people listening to this show share some kind of understanding of the massive challenges and crises we face ecologically and socially and politically across the planet. Mm. So if we're conscious about the use of money and we really think about it and we take responsibility for it, we can cause a massive transformation. And I believe that that comes from effectively what I'm calling a a spiritual root, which is our belief system Mm. about what our job is with this precious thing called life and how we support future generations. So the book, is both pragmatic and also hopefully an inspirational call to action. Mm, fantastic. I mean, we've heard a lot of buzz around the term impact investing, Joel, in, in recent years with what seems like very strong momentum gathering in the space. So what do you believe are the key reasons for this? Do you believe it comes back to the sort of changes we're seeing in the world that you've just mentioned before? I do. I think that more information can both numb us, but also awaken us. And anyone with a curious mind today, pretty much anyone, almost anyone, can get to the internet and learn about all kinds of things, Uh, wonders of life, science, technology, all, all kinds of things. So with increased awareness comes increased privilege, comes increased responsibility. Mm. Those of us that are fortunate have a responsibility to the future and to each other and to to uh, that which happens around us. So this movement called impact investing is really just the tangible front end, a very practical way to demonstrate the rise of those who care. Mm. And they care about we we care about things beyond only ourselves. 
So impact investment movement uh, is in its early stage. We will gradually have the ability to track every dollar, Mm. where it came from, where it goes after we choose where to give it, spend it, invest it. And this will become more and more normal over time. I like to think about if there were a blockchain type tracking mm-hmm. of where every dollar that comes through me came from, what it did, who it affected, what places it affected, and then what happens in the future with where I move my dollars, I think this would revolutionize how we look at the world. Mm. It certainly seems like there's there's a strong capability and the technology in, in order to do that effectively now, right? So, I mean, in many ways, you're talking about the, the measurement of impact, Joel. So how do you currently do this? Or what advice would you give to others in the space who are looking to most and more effectively measure their impact? Well, first thing I, I would say is it's a struggle. Mm. And it's a struggle because there's quantitative impact and there's qualitative impact. And quantitative impact is a complicated complicated strategy to figure out exactly yeah. counting numbers of jobs uh, you know and, and everything that you count can change and when you count you can leave out really important factors hmm. so the the in in the <clears throat> the metrics of today we need to find both ways to show tangible results but we also need to be able to talk about why it matters to be part of, of a mindset change and a consciousness shift. So, because I believe that if with enough proof of concept, there will be a dramatic shift in how the entire framework of, of capital works. Mm. Uh, we will, we will at, at risk of our own peril, we will find better ways to deploy the resources uh, that uh, that are held by ourselves, by governments, by corporations, for the long-term well-being of humanity and ecology. Mm. Without that, we face unthinkable horror show. Yeah. And I just, I, I believe that people will rise to the occasion. It's great to hear of that positive outlook that you have, and it's certainly uh, with the sort of action that you're taking that others can be be inspired to create that change. You mentioned before about having worked a lot with a, a range of different entrepreneurs. So where do you see social entrepreneurs typically falling short when they're seeking investment? I'm not sure that I see them falling short any differently than any other kind of investing. Mm. Uh, if we're if we work hard and we study our issue well and we really learn how whatever system we're attempting to intervene in works, then intelligent uh, human behavior will lead us to talk about it better, to, to map it better, and to implement it better. Hmm. And so as we move from the earliest stage of having to be just patted on the head for saying that we could do a business that actually matters to the world and make money, um, as this gets proven to become more and more normal, then it's really about am I a good entrepreneur or am I an entrepreneur that still has more things to learn that investors are, are ready to get behind. Mm. And that's a hard thing for us 
because there's another factor that happens, which is the privilege of access. Uh, some of us, myself included, I was born to a family of rising entrepreneurial success. Well, that leads to being able to go to better schools, to uh, be involved in, in things where I meet kinds of people and things like that. So those of us that have inherent advantages have an inherent advantage in raising money and raising capital. Mm. And that's why we have to think very carefully about who we are supporting with our investings and what their value, values are and whether we believe that they can truly succeed is always a part of it. So I just I think as this field grows and the premise grows, more and more people will start to look at their company from top to bottom and how does each action in that company affect people and places. Hopefully, uh, government regulation will align with that marketplaces will align with it, and our beliefs about the future will align with it. I know that I want my family to have healthy food that's not damaging them. Hmm. At that very simple level, that's now a premise upon which lots of money can be made as well. So you go through society and look at every issue, and I believe that is the case. Yeah, some very, very interesting thoughts there, Joel. So are there any particular projects or initiatives that you've worked with or, or simply come across recently that you believe are creating some really excellent positive social change? Well, I have an overabundant access <laughs> to yeah. seeing those kinds of, of opportunities. Mm. So because I've chosen to steer my life towards that and gotten to know the networks, people, entrepreneurs, funders of this world – uh, for, for decades now, that means that I have an embarrassment of riches in seeing companies and nonprofits and uh, social initiatives that are dedicated to improving things. Mm. When you seek out that which is aligned with your values and your deepest beliefs, it can be very challenging in the beginning, but as you find your way into the circles and networks that, that uh, feed that passion in you, you discover that, uh, they're, that they're vast universes <laughs> that mm. you never knew about. Yep. So I think that, that now we're, we're, we're now some decades into this. There's infrastructure established. Young entrepreneurs, investors, people that are interested in careers in these things can now find many, many opportunities. Mm, fantastic. And finally, Joel, as an author yourself, I'm very, very curious to, to hear your thoughts on this, but are there any particular books, obviously beyond your own book, which you would recommend to our listeners? I think that Paul Hawkins' Drawdown has been a very important book. Mm. Morgan Simon, Real Impact. Ross Baird's book, uh, Jed Emerson. There are numbers of people in this field that have started to, to uh, put out books because the field is maturing mm. and there, there's a readership that's interested. So <laughs> you know, one thing, when you go online and you buy a book and you get recommended other books, I find looking at my own uh, uh, online sales, 
I discover all kinds of great books. Mm-hmm. So it's the internet era. Uh, I say, seek and ye shall find and follow <laughs> your instincts. And, uh, you know, the, it, there's just so much wealth of information out there now that uh, we can curate our own palette of uh, <clears throat> incredible learning and exposure. Absolutely. Well, Joel, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you today. So thank you so much for sharing your insights, your experience and your time. We'll most certainly look forward to tracking your journey as you move ahead and uh, touching base in the future to hear some more of your thoughts. Thanks again, Joel. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.